When I was in rabbinical school, I would leave my surfboard on the roof of my car. And at the end of every day, at the end of my Talmud class, I would jump in my car and I would drive to Malibu and I would go surfing. And one day after spending hours and hours of discussing what should be done with a pile of fig cakes that were found on the side of the road that were not labeled and then how to deal with this situation, I sat in the ocean thinking, boy, it was so And then I tried to figure out what is this religion actually about? Is it possible to boil down the massive complexities of thousands upon thousands of pages of texts into a single principle? And that's what brought me to this week's Torah portion. Because this week's Torah portion, this parsha, it's the very beginning. We are in Bereshit. This is the opening page that sets the stage for everything that comes after. Every word of the Torah, the prophets, the writings, the Mishnah, the Gemara, the Shulchan Aruch, the Zohar, the Hasidic text, everything, it comes from this single beginning of the Torah. It's this week's Torah portion that gets the most attention from all the commentators. Now, some could say that it gets the most attention because it's the very beginning and we have the rabbi's attention. And they peter out as they go on and they get a little tired of the Torah and they have nothing else to say. But I don't actually think that's the case. You see, the gift and the challenge that this week's present is that I think that the ultimate question regarding Judaism, it has to be addressed at the very beginning of the story. This week answers that question that I was pondering as I was sitting there floating in the ocean. So what is the ultimate question? I think for us as individuals, the ultimate question, it's obvious. Why am I here? But for Judaism, the ultimate question is, why Torah? Why God? And if you cannot begin to answer that question from the opening act of the Torah, then there's very little reason to continue. And I mean this. If you cannot establish the why or a logic behind Judaism, what is the point of reading or discussing the rest of the Torah? And it's for this reason alone that I think that there's such an explosion of commentary this week. And since we're at the beginning, on the opening line, you have to start there. Because right in the beginning, a dialectical principle appears that will set the stage for all of Judaism. And I mean that. All of Judaism comes from the very beginning. When God began to create the heaven and the earth, the earth being unformed and void and meaningless, with darkness over the surface of the deep, and then a wind from God sweeping over the water. Now this, right there, that's what catches the rabbi's eyes. Because it's not that the world goes from nothingness to somethingness. Because you heard, in the beginning, there was something already here. There was darkness and there was water. 
So when God goes to create the heaven and the earth, and what is found is tohu vohu, total chaos and void and meaninglessness, within the somethingness or the corporeality of the earth, it should strike you as something different from you've ever thought before of the Torah. So the creation story is not what we normally think of. We usually discount the Torah's take on creation as outdated because we know the theory of evolution and it's illogical. But if you look, this is not an evolution story. This is a story about a world that exists, but that is tohu vohu, that's total chaos and void within the somethingness of the earth. And that void is filled with deep, dark water. And then there is the wind of the infinite, which spreads out over the tohu uvohu. And then something radically changes. The Yomer Elohim or the or. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. It's not that the physical nature of the world changed. It is that the breath changes the perception of the world. A particle with no matter, light, is infused into the darkness, and suddenly there's a judgment. V'yar Elohim et ha'or ki tov, Elohim bein ha'or uvein ha'choshech. And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And suddenly there is no longer tohu uvohu, void and chaos and meaninglessness. But now, there is light and goodness. What changed? Menachem Naum Tversky of Chernobyl, who lived from 1730 to 1797, he founded one of the most important Ukrainian Hasidic dynasties and was a disciple of the Baal Shem Tov as well as the Magid of Mezrich. He states in his writings within Me'or and Naim that in order to understand this passage, we must have a foundation to understand it to understand the nature of God within the world. And he states that if all things were created by the creator, then the creator is within all things. Therefore, all things were created with Torah inside of them. And with this logic, we can now apply the transitive relation that God equals Torah equals life. Therefore, everything that is living is imbued with God. Everything is imbued with Torah. So Torah can no longer just be understood as that blue book sitting in front of you. No, Torah now represents all of life. And because of this, since Torah is what gives life, our job is not to pay attention to the corporeal nature of the world. Or the corporeal nature is not life. It's just stuff. But the incorporeal is life. And therefore, that is God. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, or if you look at the person sitting next to you, the first thing that we see is their body and their eyes, but we're not actually seeing them. Who they are is found within their soul. It's that light, which is the life, which is God, which is the Torah that exists within all human beings. The physical nature of the world existed in tohu uvohu, but then, God breathes life into the world, and light and meaning suddenly appears. And that line, it always, it strikes me to the very core. Elohim al 
and a wind from God sweeping over the water. That is the very first action in the world, was a breath over water to create light. The first thing after a baby emerges from their mother's water is that they come out of their mother's womb and they suck in this huge lung full of air. And then they scream with the ferocity of life. And in every single delivery room in the world and in every little hut in the world that that baby is born, all of the adults that are in the room, they hold their breath for a moment. And they hope and they pray that this little baby will suck in wind and scream. Because the biggest fear is that there is no breath. Because if there is no breath, the baby is just a body with no soul, just corporeal, just darkness with no light. And it's from this moment that we learn the fundamental lesson of what is expected of the eyes of a Jew. What Tversky, what he argues is that when we read the word that the world is tohu uvohu, void and chaos and meaninglessness, it's referring to those who are stuck with their eyes and their minds transfixed with earthly concerns and they pay no attention to the life force that is pulsating all around us. Within each person who is transfixed and all consumed by the mundane, by their work, by their email, by the shallow and the surface level interactions that are consumed with just the physical world and they never delve into the life, they never delve into the world of Torah and with God that is within everything. That person lives in a world of tohu uvohu. That person lives in a world of void, of chaos, and ultimately of meaninglessness. And I'm reminded of a time years ago when I took my daughter Ayla out of our minivan late one night after we got back from a road trip. And we'd always put her to bed at nighttime, usually before the sunset, or we had her drapes closed. But that night, I was holding this little two-year-old in my arm, and we were walking, and she looks up in the sky, and she goes, Abba! Abba, look! Look, I look up, she goes, what is that? And it was the first time that she'd ever seen the stars, and I mean seen the stars. And for me, because of her, it was also the first time that I had seen the stars in a very long time. For years before that moment, I was not seeing through the eyes that had been filled with that breath which can sweep through us and make us gasp in awe of the beauty and the amazement of all that is surrounding us. We start this week in Bereshit with the reminder in our opening line of how we're expected to engage in the world as Jews. We don't start the Torah or this journey with a command for us to believe or for us to be moral or ethical or kind or any other word that you can imagine. We are shown that the very first rung of our spiritual development is walking through our lives and our relationships in a state of awe in a state where we can see the life and we can see the God that resides within everything and everyone around us. Because if we do not, we see a world and a society that is chaotic and void of meaning. When we see a world that is void of meaning, there's no reason for ethics 
or morality. But when I see everyone around me as part of that divine breath, I can then approach them and create rules which are just for everyone. But those rules, those ethics, all stem from the root of us being able to see the world as one filled with light, not void. A world filled with meaning, not meaninglessness. That, that's what I realized in the ocean that day as I sat bobbing in the waters over the deep on my surfboard trying to understand why we spent week after week after week after week studying obscure laws, trying to understand how to deal with a found object sitting on the side of the road and why it mattered what I did with it. Because once I see my fellow man as a being imbued with the divine, the pack of fig cakes has meaning and value outside of just myself. And when I realize this, then I begin to create rules and morals and ethics because my spark is connected to every other spark around me. May this year be a year for each of us to breathe out upon our land, to breathe out upon our relationships, upon our businesses, upon our deeply fractured country, upon our world, and to enable this world to be filled with light that each of us can say, Kitov, it's good. Shabbat Shalom.